2: We'll be featuring Echo Bodine's successful monthly event called the Arupalooza. This is Captain Taylor, and I am the host of these broadcasts, the coordinator of Edge Talk Radio, and I'm also often a vendor at this event. And let me tell you, this takes place on the third Saturday of every month at Echo Center for Intuitive Living, and it is such a wonderful, vibrant event you just have to come out for it and we decided that we really wanted to begin this this series and it's going to take place 2 weeks before every event so 2 weeks from today on the as i said the third week the third saturday of the month echo and 20 to 30 vendors gather at her center. Now her center is located at 5356 Chicago Avenue South in Minneapolis. And as I said, it features about 20 to 30 vendors and Each of us offers our gifts and talents, and we do that in what's called mini sessions. It's got the feel of an indoor renaissance fair, and what it really offers the public and offers each one of you that comes out to it is an opportunity to come and meet the practitioners that offer anything from body work to massage to intuitive and psychic healings, Akashic record readings, EFT or energy tapping sessions, astrology, numerology, medical intuitive readings, inner child and soul work, aura photos, and much, much more. There's a great little gift area where you can buy anything from from sage to earrings to beautiful stones. And I'll tell you, sometimes I've gotten all of my Christmas presents at Echo's Echo Center. So it's just a wonderful, wonderful event that really calls on People to come out and share in this energy. Echo can most often be found at her special station in the back of the main room, popping popcorn and confabbing with guests and practitioners alike. Each broadcast will feature conversations with two of the vendors who share their backstory and. They talk about the services that they offer, not only at the event itself, but what they bring to the community in general. And this will give you, the consumer, again, the opportunity to really taste all of the beautiful modalities that are available, not only that day, but but in the Twin Cities area in general. The doors open at 10 a.m. and they close at 5. Well, not always, but... We tend to wrap it up at around 5. And, you know, it's not uncommon for people to be waiting at the door anxious to get in and to sign up for an assigned spot at each of the vendor's locations. This works really well because the practice of having a sign-up sheet makes it sure that you will have the time that you lock in and knowing when your slot is going to take place gives you that ample time to wander around from location to location and you get to know what else is available. This format ensures that your time slot will be there for you and you can even come and sign up and then if you have to go and do something and then come back for it, it's like it just gives you that solidarity of time. And again, shows you what the services are that each vendor offers, not only again at the event itself, but in their own practice. They also offer in gifts that they have uh, available, like the guest I talked to today is an author. There's other things that people create and make, and they also advertise their upcoming events that may be of interest so it's it's a great way you tap into what the community offers. In today's broadcast, I'm going to kick it off with a live in-person conversation with Echo herself and I'm going to be standing right next to her at the popcorn stand and you'll get a feel for the event. Now this is the only probably conversation that I'll have that will be live because trying to interview the different vendors whether they're trying to offer their services or in the midst of this energy would be difficult, but I wanted to capture that in this first conversation, and you'll hear that when I share with you the conversation I had with Echo. My second conversation is with Carl Wergen Bennett, and he's an ordained minister and a medical intuitive, and so you'll hear about what he offers, again, not only in the at the event itself, but also in his own practice, and then that's followed by a conversation with Nikki Bodine, who is... Echo's younger sister, and she talks about the emergence of her, her gifts and what it was like to grow up in a family that had so many psychic abilities. So without further ado, I'm going to play for you the conversation that I had with Echo, and this will kick this whole debut off and give you a sense of this fabulous event. So here we go. All right, so I am here today with Echo Bodine, and we are featuring the new series on Edge Talk Radio, which is the corner of the Arapalooza, and I wanted to start out the, the whole series with an interview with Echo herself, so I'm standing here by the popcorn machine <laughs> where you can always find Echo, and we're going to hear about <laughs> her inspiration and her whole just journey with the Center of Intuitive Living. So, Echo, mm. thank you. Thank you for bringing this to the community. And what was your inspiration, not only for Palooza but for the Center of Intuitive Living? I know that this is, this is one of the second kind of generations of a
3: center for you. It so, yeah. So, give us the background story. Okay. You know, sweetie, I think way back when I was, like, in my 20s, I kept getting a vision in my mind. I'd see a building, and I'd see a bunch of vendors, and... That was even when I was still cutting hair, so I thought, I don't know, why do I keep getting this vision? And then, you know, when it was years later that it started to become a reality. I just started to get the vision again of a center. And I thought, I don't know the first thing about what you do. and. it it just came through guidance. It came through intuition. It came through just more visions, more pictures. Um, And then I went to the Edge Expo one time and I thought, hmm, maybe if I walked around and talked to people and people said, oh yeah, I'd I'd love to be there. I'd do something like that. And that's how it all got started. It just... Just asking people, wait, uh, would you do something like this? People were all for it. They thought it was a great idea. And the center, I started way back in like 2000, oh, man, honey, it's been years. And this is the, let's see, one, two, three, third building I've had. I just, every five years, I go and get a bigger building. and. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with this one for a while, but this is funny. It's the third Saturday of every month. It's really fun. Um, A lot of people from our community come in and thank me for doing something like this. Well, it's such a beautiful, beautiful gathering, and there's almost
2: this renaissance kind mm-hmm. of fair feeling, yes. and yes. you've got food in the other room, yes. you've got the popcorn, yes. it's like I keep seeing this kind of outside, yeah. you know, like the renaissance fair, uh-huh. yeah. and yeah. yet it's year-round, but I, the other thing I think that's really unique is upstairs you have all of us who are the vendors, because sometimes I, yeah. I vend here, yeah. would that be the right word? Yeah. <laughs> And then you have the downstairs, where it's all more the energy work, and that was something that you added after, right? Mm-hmm. Was that always here? Well, or yes.
3: I've always had it downstairs in this building, but I just added uh, on on the next on the kitchen area. Um, I had a renter down there, and he he was just storing things, and I asked him to leave because again, I had a vision, and I remember thinking when I saw the vision, "Are you kidding? Really?" and vision just kept coming and it said make it very colorful and I mean it just gave me all uh, step by step by step so I got rid of the got rid of the renter painted everything first put up paneling. Chris and the guys uh, and it's just beautiful down there I love it it is yeah it is. and I love that it separates me yeah. because yeah. up here
2: the energy's pretty high yeah and as a vendor we're all pretty close But there seems to be this insulation Mm -hmm. around each one of us. Yes, there is. And what I love about it is it's a place where people can come and just for a few bucks they can get a 20-minute or 30-minute intro to all of these variety of ways that we can really stay connected to our creator Mm -hmm. because every one of us in our own way do that. That's right. But then to have that separated where the body work is... A little bit more vulnerable yes. for people to be on tables. Yes. yes. So it's a whole different energy down there. It is. It is. Yeah. Very nice. Wonderful. Very
3: mellow. And it's great. I mean, both of our healing areas are beautiful, mm-hmm. and just what people need. Really, mm-hmm. that's what I think. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with the name? Or a Palooza? Or Oh, honey, I don't know. It just I used to work at Bridgman's. And so they used to talk about the Lollapalooza, you know, with the ice cream, like the five different kinds of ice cream and all this fruit and chocolate and whipped cream and nuts. And, and so one day I just thought, it just popped out of my mouth. Or a Palooza. Like, what? And, I, you know, for a lot of people, I just say, you know, we have an open house the third Saturday of every month. But... For people kind of in our community that would understand what right. that might mean, then I tell them it's an oracle. Well and
2: is it a word that you coined?
3: Or is that a we word, did, honey? I've never I've <laughs> never heard it anyplace else.
2: Well, I looked it up and if okay. you did coin it you can Google it now and it comes
3: up but oh it always takes it did? to you. Oh yeah.
2: Oh good. Yeah, that's how I figured out how to
1: spell it. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so if
2: you coined it, and it's out there. Oh, I like on that. The internet. Good. Good.
3: Yeah. Good.
2: So, so I'm excited about this series that we're launching. And what is going to be is each the first Saturday of every month to feature who's ever going to be here. I will interview oh, two really of the great. vendors, good. and we'll just keep going with the series until we've interviewed the vendors. Good. And then, like I said, as new ones come in, we'll keep the good. series
3: alive. Good. So good. Thank you. Yes, So it's going to be exciting. Oh, that's so sweet of you to do this. Thank you, Kevin. It's going to give people a
2: new way to kind of connect with it and then find their way here. Yeah,
3: because that's what I want. And I want, you know, for people, one of the things that I've really worked hard at creating is a sense of safety when they walk in here. I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel the happy energy that's in here. And, you know, there's so much oh, healing cool. energy in the whole place. Just walking in it. Yeah, yes. yeah, I it agree. Is. I agree. One of my favorite plaques that you have is the one that said,
2: Unattended children will <laughs> be giving an espresso and a puppy.
1: <laughs>
3: That's great. I know. And that holds uh, it all. <laughs> the problem was we had a four-year-old little boy here one day, and he... He went ballistic because we didn't give him a puppy. He was uh, able to be read. He could read oh, cute. free puppy. And he just couldn't read the rest of it, but he said, Mommy, we get a free puppy. <laughs> so the good news is we had one stuffed animal around here that was a dog. So we gave that oh, to birthday. him. Oh, my gosh. Birthday. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, we need to have somebody <laughs> donate a couple
2: of those <laughs> so in case that comes through. I was talking to a good friend yesterday. And, she was talking about coming today and she said, well, I'm taking care of, you know, my god, or my grandchild. And I said, oh,
3: you should see this plaque. You I, know. Know. So I know. I love yeah, it that Yeah. It holds that energy, okay. not only for biological children, but, of course, inner children. It's children. Yep. Yeah, you know, that's what right. they're
2: safe. That's right. Yeah. It's <laughs> a very <really laughs> exciting place. Mm-hmm. So I just am so grateful. Every time I leave after presenting here, it's like, yeah. God, this is such a gift that yeah. Echo's giving.
3: Oh,
1: honey, good. It Thank really you. is. It oh, really yes. is for the whole
2: community to bring came from a vision, honey. this kind of gathering alive again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the Twin Cities community. Mm-hmm. So we're really
3: blessed.
1: Thank you. Honey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking this time. Thank you. All right.
2: All right. So that gives you a taste of the texture of this event. And and like I said, you can come into the event and catch Echo right at the back popping the popcorn. And it gives it such a dusty feeling. And I love that she talked about creating that safety because even though there's so many of us there, there is this just magical boundary that kind of exists around each one of us so that at least I know when I'm offering my services, it feels like there's this protection in that few minutes that I have with the people that are choosing to sit with me. And I think all of the vendors really feel that. So the first vendor that I'm going to introduce you to is Carl Worgan Bennett and he is an ordained minister of medical intuitive and he's the author of the novel Jesus of Nebraska which I love because I was raised in Nebraska. Now this is a work of fiction that modernizes the story of Jesus and it brings to light the challenges and triumphs that we all face when pursuing a spiritual path but it's set in modern times and it's it's hysterical he talks a little bit about it in this conversation Carl offers mini mini M I N I medical intuitive sessions at the Arpalooza, and he does it in such a personable, confidential, and results-oriented manner. I had a session with him the other day, and it was just fantastic. So he's worked definitely worth coming out and experiencing what he offers. Now he also offers conducts he also conducts absentee healing through his home practice. So he can be reached at six one two. 1, 4, 0, 2, 1, 4, yes 1402 or through his website which is trinitymed.usa and there's a link to that in the description if you want to go there. So without further ado I'm going to play for you this delightful conversation with Carl Wergen Bennett. So Carl are you there? Yeah I'm here. Well, welcome, welcome to this first broadcast of the new Arapalooza series, so I'm excited <laughs> to find out not only your association with ECHO's event, but give give the audience a little bit of a background of who you are and what you do mm-hmm. and then what you bring to the Arapalooza.
0: Oh, okay, sure, yeah. Well, it's good to talk to you, Catherine, too. I appreciate this very much. I uh I've I've been in a, a non-denominational minister since oh, about 1996, and I've done a lot of weddings and fill-in church services and funerals and uh, and services and so on at uh, at uh, senior care centers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh and I still do that. I still officiate weddings and funerals as needed. And uh, in fact, this year is kind of a big year for weddings for some reason. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm very active in that. But uh, Along about the year 2000, 1999 to 2000, I got involved in Reiki training and, uh, and became a Reiki master teacher in mm. 2000.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and uh, practiced and taught Reiki probably, I think I counted around 400, 450 students altogether mm. over the years that I've had for Reiki. But it was in about, uh, oh, I'd say about 2007. When I was to do a Reiki session on one of the Minnesota Vikings football players, rather rather well known guy, I won't say his name, but uh, you know, if you follow the Vikings, you would recognize the name if I said it. So,
1: anyhow, uh,
0: we just couldn't make our schedules line up to where I could actually go there with my table and, and do a hands on session. So I finally said, "Hey, why don't I just do one of these absentee things that you can do in Reiki? You know, which yeah. I've done many times before." and there's the reiki you know um procedure technique you know that you do you know for that sort of thing and i started doing that and instead of you know going into the usual reiki format of of sending energy and uh being a surrogate and all that sort of thing uh instead of that i was immediately um the best way i can describe it is the best uh, is that i was immediately miniaturized and and dropped into his his knee. He had torn cartilage and all kinds of things going on, and he wasn't supposed to play football for about two seasons. Mm.
1: And
0: so suddenly I was like on this, you know, like the old movie Fantastic Voyage, you know, where I was like a, almost microscopic, but I was there mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. in his knee, and I saw everything.
1: Wow. And
0: – uh and the best way I can describe it, and I'm speaking this from the point of view of a minister, of course, but the best way I can describe it is that the hand of God or the hand of Christ came in and uh, started fusing the torn cartilage back together, as if it was mm-hmm. welding the torn cartilage back together. Surrounded by brilliant silver light, uh, I witnessed the the infection was going away, the scar tissue that had uh, been developing over time was being Diffused, uh, you know, sent away, disintegrated, uh, blood flow became regular, um, generally overall healing back to wholeness of the knee, right?
1: Mm -hmm. And so I kind
0: of kept in touch with this guy. um, And uh, it wasn't uh, two years that he was off the field, it was about two weeks.
2: Oh, amazing.
0: And all the uh, all the team physicians, the trainers, physical therapists, all the guys that are on the team, you know, and, and everybody is scratching their heads going, man, what did you do? You know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he said, well, I don't know. I just talked to this guy named Carl, and, uh, you know, I know him fairly <laughs> well. And uh, he, he did something. I think that's what happened. I think that's had something to do with it, you know. But success story is it was two weeks, not two years.
1: Mm-hmm. And he was
0: back on the field. And so, well, then I... Yeah, so then I was talking to some other um, psychics and alternative healers and so on about this experience, and they and they all agreed, you know, unanimously that, oh, what this is called is being a medical intuitive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, okay, so now I've got a handle on it. Well, since then, I haven't really done much Reiki. I've been doing this medical intuitive thing, because whenever someone approaches me for healing, uh, this is what happens. I drop into a meditation. And I and I see their body parts as <laughs> if I'm a mm-hmm. surgeon. I mean, I I see the organs, I see everything. And then I begin to get information about where the thing that they're telling me about, you know, where they have the pain or the affliction or whatever it may be. I begin to see where that started, usually as an emotional thing or something that uh, occurred in their lifetime earlier mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. manifests in this physical ailment. Then I go to that. And uh address that, and then there's this chain reaction of healing that occurs, and uh, I witness the healing that occurs, and all this I know comes from the divine. I actually work with uh the Holy Trinity, mm-hmm. and uh, very quickly I developed a way of of being in tune with the Holy Trinity, and mm-hmm. that 's where all this healing comes from um, and uh along the way, I take notes and i uh and I write down also suggestions for people to do or you know, a little change to their diet or activities, some certain things, supplements, whatever, uh, that comes through that's unique to them that then maintains the healing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and so the way that I got involved with Echo Bodine and the Aura was originally about, let's say, oh, about that time, perhaps a year or so later. Uh, they began to do an Aura at this place that's, no longer there, but it was uh it was in uh the Minnetonka Hopkins area called uh Living Waters. Oh yeah. It was a uh, yes.
1: purified water
0: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. The, uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, gluten free restaurant, kinda right. really a cool place but they right. they mm-hmm. had a lot of you know a lot of meetings for alternative healing people at the time and so uh, they decided to launch this Arapalooza through uh Carol Lowell. Mm-hmm. And uh and my wife encouraged me to bring a table and sit up and do medical intuitive readings on people at the Sora at Living Waters through Carol Lowell. And uh, that was a pretty good success and, uh, you know, got to know the people in the community. And, uh, and then my wife also had known Echo for many years. Um, I mean, from way way back, you know, before she was basically <laughs> the Echo Bodine, you know, right, author right. pretty right, much. Right, you know? right. So before she says, book.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so then then my wife my wife tells me well you know echo does this thing at her at her center she just opened a center on chicago avenue at that time and uh why don't you why don't you get in touch with her and have a table there and that was i'm gonna say probably about um five or six years ago Mm -hmm. and uh and so i started uh got in touch with echo and i've been a vendor there ever since i died uh and uh, still act there every month, and so I still see still see people for the same thing. And Echo and I have, been, have become pretty good friends, you know. And uh, but uh, I've become kind of a fixture there. I've got a permanent spot and <laughs> and, a, and a table and my whole thing, you know. It's just like uh, other people who have been there for a long time too. But uh, yeah, I, I see quite a few people on those uh, on those uh, third Saturdays of the month. You know, it's, right.
2: Uh, it's, it's really a, great a nice.
1: Venue.
2: It is. Yeah. It's a it's a nice event. Well, let's come back a little bit to to how you experience this then. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: so when you're in there doing the healing, now is this does this work for someone like for me? I had a really bad car accident, so there's a lot okay. of. This was like in 1975, but
1: there mm-hmm. I shattered
2: a kneecap, and so there's a lot mm-hmm. of of uh, you know um, built up. Uh, scar tissue and stuff but actually that knee allowed me to run on it for 39 years and before it came out or gave out but how does it work for somebody where there wasn't well there's probably emotional connection to the accident itself but it didn't manifest from the emotional thing it was actually an accident that happened is it the same Mm -hmm. process where you would just go in and see what the shape of my knee was?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. For example, for you, I would go in and see how the condition is at this time, mm-hmm. and uh, and what may need to be done to, you know, really make it whole again and, and really operate as it should to, to mm-hmm. match the other so that the other knee doesn't overcompensate anymore for, you know, taking up the slack. I guess you could say, but
1: uh, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Is that even though you've
1: been okay
0: all these years, you know, but you still had this accident back in the mid-70s. There's, right. There's there's, always something that lingers, you know. There's always a, a residue
1: right. of uh, Absolutely.
0: perhaps an emotional attachment of some kind or what, you know, what have you.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, and then through the meditation, I would witness, you know, no matter how many years it's been, but I would witness a correction of, of the condition.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And then I would tell you, for example, you know, well, feel free to take some walks, but be, be very conscious of the left, right, left, right, left, right action of your body because it is also affecting your hips and your lower spine.
1: Right, and, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and
0: I can see how, for example, in your situation, how the bone structure in your body has adapted to this injury after all these years
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: uh, and you've just become acclimated to this condition. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to do a healing on you, then this condition would start to be corrected and you'd have some changes in your posture and the way mm-hmm. you walk and the way you swing mm-hmm. your arms and the way you sit and everything. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. there's going to be adjustments. So be prepared for that, you know, that sort of thing. Um and uh, and then perhaps I would uh, I would get an idea for you, for example, Catherine. I'm feeling like kind of doing a, a healing live, right? You know. but, I didn't mean
2: to lead you into that, but I'm not going to dissuade you. <laughs> but, you, know,
0: yeah. I, I, you know, So I get a feeling for you know a supplement that would enhance this uh, this adjustment or make it more comfortable,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you
0: know, so on. So yeah.
1: Well,
2: yeah, because I, I am also a vendor at the Arpalooza. It's so like I plan to get yeah. my name on your list. So, okay, so <laughs> you do events, or, I mean, you do sessions like outside of the Arpalooza because those are kind of time limited. So, what's the difference between someone doing a session with you at the Arpalooza where it's what, 20, 30 minutes? How long are your sessions there?
0: Yeah, they're typically 20 minutes. I've had a few that went as long as an hour. Mm-hmm. And typically, when I do a phone consultation, it's uh, uh, people have their choice of a half hour, 30 minutes, or a full hour, 60 mm-hmm.
1: minutes. Mm-hmm.
0: And generally, what what takes up the time is that we go further in depth. We have a, a more serious conversation about the events in their life,
1: and then go through uh,
0: a lot of times. A lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times, it comes down to a, a proper practice of uh, forgiveness.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you that know, so whatever mm-hmm.
0: whatever event it was that was rather traumatic when they were a child, a teenager, a young adult, uh, the person that brought upon that event on that person, there's a there's a practice of forgiveness that I encourage people to go through and we do it during the session so that mm-hmm. it becomes, you know, more uh, rote. It becomes more mm-hmm. memorized and, and sometimes they can actually just do and that is oftentimes the root cause. Of mm-hmm. whatever they're going through, mm-hmm. you know, even mm-hmm. especially an emotional issue, but it, it manifests yeah. in the physical too, you know. Oh, so, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. We we cover all the bases in a longer session. I mean, we we get kind of deep, so that's mm-hmm. why they're longer sessions. Yeah. Now,
2: does it ever require like a follow up, or is it kind of a one shot deal?
0: Mm-hmm. Pretty much a one shot deal. I leave the follow the follow up to uh, I leave that totally up to the person to the client, you know,
1: mm-hmm. and I always
0: have people uh you know you know feel free here's my information. you can always call me or text me or email me, let me know if you have any questions if something has flared up in addition to this, um, you know we'll tackle it then, uh, so I always leave it up to the person you know if you want to follow up with me, you go right ahead, mm-hmm. and oftentimes we'll check in on people too a day or two after after the palooza you know by email, I'll just check in and say, so how you doing? Mm-hmm. everything working so mm-hmm. far you know and and uh, yeah 99.9 percent of the time it's positive I mean mm-hmm. it's it's pretty consistent that uh, what I see and what's going on and what led to it is is right on
1: hmm sounds and, like and it it's
0: just, yeah
1: yeah
2: so then is it common where somebody will come in like I would come in with my knee and want you to focus on that would it be common mm-hmm. Do you then have other issues that my body may need, would that be revealed to you as yeah. kind of a cascading away from that? So that would be right. where there'd be multiple sessions, I would think, right?
0: Right, right. And and it's possible too that uh that all the things in this whole domino effect, you know, uh, are are dealt with and, and healed in in that uh twenty minute time period or one hour time period, whatever it may be uh because again the information i get goes to the root of whatever it is you're telling me about you know i always ask people to just tell me the one thing that you want to have addressed
2: mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. you know
0: cause if we all thought about it we'd all come up with you know 50 to 100 things you
2: know. right yeah <laughs> we exactly.
0: corrected so I'm exactly. like, well, what's the first thing what's the thing on the you know the, the biggest concern for you? and you'd say well it's my knee from a car accident in 1975 and then i would say oh yeah okay so the, yeah definitely your knee is damaged and it's been compromised And the, but this affects your the way you walk and the way you stand mm-hmm. and your posture mm-hmm. and this else which has a radiating effect to your spine and the nerve centers and the whole thing and i can see how this even comes up to your, your neck and head. And so all the vertebrae mm-hmm. from the first to, you know, whatever a chiropractor would call it, but, you know, the first to the 10th or something, you know, is those are all a little bit compromised and it's not really the bones, it's the tendons. So, you know, perhaps see a chiropractor a time or two, but I am saying that the, the neck spine, everything, head, posture, hips, uh, even your feet, um, because of this having a ripple effect or a domino effect, we address the need, but it's affected all these other parts of your right. body, primarily the mm-hmm. bone stru- structure overall.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: the, your skeleton is in the process of being corrected. Right. Know? So it's the right. whole bone structure, everything, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. see, back in 75, at least, you know, for me, the, the alternative uh, approaches weren't even that well known, you know. So.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing. Yeah. Well, okay, so that's yeah. what
2: you do as a medical intuitive. Now, there's a whole other chapter of your life, though, that that has a commonality between you and me. You want to talk a little bit about your book? Oh, or? the book? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. Yes. The, the the book
0: is called uh, the book is called Jesus of Nebraska and uh and thanks Catherine for your uh for your blurb on the back cover there. That was that was really cool. That's good to Well yeah.
2: Now were you raised in Nebraska? Why was it Nebraska yeah. for you? Yeah, so we're both Nebraskans.
1: Yeah. Oh we yeah, are. I didn't know that. About you. Okay.
2: Oh yeah, I was yeah. born and raised Go Big Red. There,
1: too. Yeah. <laughs> Go, awesome. Go big
3: red. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well yeah, I was I was raised in Nebraska. I lived there from age Oh, like four until age 27, 28 before I moved up to the Twin Cities. And uh, as as long as pretty much as long as I can remember, since childhood, basically, and especially teenagerhood, uh, I I'd, I'd been a Christian, raised in a Lutheran household, went to church every Sunday, and 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 just kind of struggled with with the Bible, the King James version. Uh, the Word of Christ, quoting Christ with thou and thee and therefores and all that Shakespearean English, you know, and all that stuff. And and that was all we knew about the Bible and uh, the the Word of God and the life of Christ was King James, very strict. This is what he said. The Ten Commandments read, thou shalt not, and so on, you know, stuff like that. I'm like,
1: really? Mm-hmm. God and mm-hmm. Jesus
0: spoke to people as if, you know, Shakespeare, right? Hmm, interesting. (laughs) English, hmm, interesting. Hmm. Okay, so, and I'd always kind of fantasized about, uh, as a kid, teenager, what if um, Jesus wasn't born 2,000 years ago, but was actually born around this time, about modern times, you know, like where, you know, perhaps where you and I come from, you know, the Mm 60s, 70s, even 80s, and so on. And his ministry was happening. And instead of Jesus of Nazareth. It was Jesus of Nebraska, <laughs> you know.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And then, and I, I just, I just kind of had this concept wheeling around in my mind ever since I was a teenager of, yeah, Jesus of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And what would that be like if he was around in modern times? And how how would the apostles all meet? And what would their occupations have been in modern times? And then how would they meet? And then how would they become a band of brothers? And uh, and and travel around, and how would they get around, and uh, what would they eat, what would they drink? You know, would it always be, you know, uh, you know unleavened bread and and wine, or what would it be? No, would it be like a, a barbecue, and mm-hmm. uh, and Budweiser, and uh, they would actually meet after a Nebraska football game in Lincoln, where there was a barbecue going on, and all people were invited, and they get into this conversation <laughs> about philosophy. And Jesus is there with his girlfriend, Mary of,
1: uh,
0: you know, Mary Magdalene, but her, you know, Mary, he calls her Miriam. And so all these apostles are there, and then and then Thomas, you know, the doubting Thomas, mm-hmm. right? He's of course one of the apostles, but uh, being doubting Thomas, of course he comes from Missouri, the Show Me State. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You get it? Oh,
2: got it. Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: uh, you know, so forth, and a couple of guys are accountants. You know, in the Bible, they'd be tax collectors. No, they're accountants. And a couple of guys, or a bunch of the guys, are, you know, have a fishing tour business out on, uh, if you're familiar with Nebraska, it doesn't have a lot of lakes like Minnesota, but the major lake out there is Lake McConaughey. Right. So a couple of these guys have fishing tours on Lake McConaughey, but they're in town for the Nebraska game and so they get all involved in this. <laughs> and uh, you know, so they're doing speaking engagements at, at at halls and they'll have like a gospel group or a soul band that plays with them, you know, and they're and they're delivering these messages. But the whole thing essentially is uh is uh loosely based on the gospel of Luke, but it's it's Jesus' life and how mm-hmm. he Gets these guys together to to promote this message of uh, basically of love and total faith
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, and uh, you know and uh, for example instead of of course being born in a manger on on December twenty fifth mm-hmm.
1: you know
0: mm-hmm. um, he was actually born in a in a sleeper cab of a semi <laughs>
1: during a blizzard.
0: During a blizzard in January because uh, Joseph and Mary lived in a small town outside, it's right between Lincoln and Omaha, uh, called Union, which I thought was really, that's a real yes. town.
1: Yeah, I, I thought, know it is. That's
0: perfect, man. Mm-hmm. Union, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joseph's a handyman. Mary's a waitress at the local diner. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so Mary goes into labor, and uh, they take off, and Joseph's beat up old you know, handyman pickup truck during a blizzard and a deer runs across the road. He slides off the road and they're stranded in a ditch during a blizzard. And what are they going to (laughs) do? Mary's going into labor and this truck comes by, a semi comes by. The driver's name is angel. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Okay. uh, Perfect. Angel.
0: Angel gets on his CB radio and makes the announcement that there's this woman giving birth. You know, so it's like the angels announcing the birth of Jesus, right? So mm-hmm. Angel is on the CB radio, you know, <laughs> and she gives birth in the hospital in Lincoln, you know, to Jesus, and uh, and then three neurosurgeons from the East Coast provide her with gifts, three white oh, men, right? Amazing,
1: you know,
0: so, right? So on and on and on. And The apostles, you know, eventually when that that time comes, the apostles are uh, and Jesus are all gifted with uh, with motorcycles. Uh, uh, which happened to be Victory Motorcycles from here in Minnesota. Uh, so that's an appropriate name, right? Victory mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
0: Motorcycles. So now they're uh, like a, a biker gang called the Holy Dozen. And, they, uh, and the Holy Dozen goes around and does these speaking engagements. And it's... Uh, you know, and, and that's it's really kind of cool. Then, of course, Pontius Pilate, King Herod, are actually senators from Nebraska and South Dakota, and being <laughs> of highly political, they're they just uh, are totally against this whole idea of a new philosophy coming in. And so that's when they plot to get a Jesus. You know, and you know, it's, so if you're familiar with the Bible story of Jesus, birth, teachings, death, you'll see a lot of correlations there. But a lot of things. Things are symbolic. A lot of things are, you know, and everything is totally modern, you mm-hmm. know. But mm-hmm. it's as if it happened, you know, in our generation.
2: See, uh, that would be a great movie, Carl. Yeah, yeah that exactly. a yeah. movie. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I did,
0: She's
2: and I did write
1: a screenplay. It. I did write a screenplay, did did write a did screenplay you? for. You it and and did you? it to <laughs> run
2: I've
0: been shopping it all over the place, you know, and there, oh. you know, you get the, you get the letter that says, well, we're not looking to make a movie like this at this time. Thank you for your submission, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. But there's a screenplay out there. It's ready. So. It'll get
2: picked up. <laughs> It'll get picked
0: up.
1: Well, yeah. that's why yeah. I think
2: I, I think I've already ordered five copies of it for
1: each member yeah. of
2: my family since we were all raised in Nebraska. They'll get a yeah. real kick out of it. But yeah, where, where are you from then? Grand Island, Grand Island.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Grand Island. Oh, sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You you know the lake then? Oh, yeah. You know, know, that was dedicated. That lake was dedicated because that's the one out of Loop City, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was dedicated on my 16th birthday, and my uncle had a cabin up there, so I'm very familiar.
1: There you
0: go. Yeah. So you can relate. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: So anyway, well, okay, so you do the medical intuitive sessions, and you do this. Now, how would somebody get a hold of you other than coming and seeing you at Echo's event, which, like you said, is the third mm-hmm. Saturday of every month, and you're kind of back yeah. right where the food is, and you're right. You do have that station. You and Nikki, the other person I'm interviewing on this broadcast, yeah. you guys kind of hold court back there.
0: That's right. We, we share yeah. that corner, the the coveted corner. This yes. is our place. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
2: because it's so private back there too. That's what, yeah, yeah. That's what really great, nice. Yeah, yeah. Great kind of out there, in the yeah. center, trying to do yeah. the you know in a yeah. trial stuff and stuff. But.
0: Yeah, you're you're very visible though. You know where. Yeah. People like Nikki and myself and the massage lady who works there. You know, and so on. You know, we you kind of have to come and find us, but we're right there. You know, and mm-hmm. then
1: it's
2: like,
0: oh, okay. Here's, yeah. here's the area. But yeah, well, but besides.
1: I'm,
2: yeah, go
0: ahead and say that, that. Yeah, the best way to the best way to contact me really is through email.
1: Okay.
0: And uh and uh there's another way too, I'll get to that. But the email is is uh light and up at gmail. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh L-I-G-H-T-A-N-D-U-P at mm-hmm. Gmail dot com. So it's mm-hmm. you know it's like lighten up, right? You know, mm-hmm. Lighten mm-hmm.
1: up. Light mm-hmm. and up at mm-hmm. Gmail.
0: Uh just mm-hmm. shoot me an email. Um, or I'm also on, uh, online and on an app called, uh, Thumbtack.
1: Oh, interesting. And,
0: and a person can go on Thumbtack and, uh, they can search Reverend Carl and you'll see me as a wedding officiant, or you can search Reverend Carl healing by phone and you'll see my, my page on the healing.
2: Mhm. And then they could just schedule online.
0: Yeah, then you go through Thumbtack, and uh, it, it comes to me, and, you know, I get your details and whatnot. You know, you schedule it online, and it comes to me, and I'll get back to you with, uh, you know, to set up a time to call you. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, so either way, through Thumbtack, the lightning up email, you know, just get a hold of me. We'll set up a time to talk on the phone, how long it's going to take. Uh, mm-hmm. Payments are done through PayPal, so it's all very easy and secure, and, uh, you know, that's, that's about it. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've talked to people all over the country, literally, literally from New York City to Alaska, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, where you're at doesn't doesn't matter. It's just, it's a right, thing. not location
1: yeah.
2: dependent. All right, so that wraps up that conversation. It was delightful to talk to Carl and. This next conversation, like I said, is with Nikki Bodine, and I'm going to start by just reading what Echo says about her baby sister on Nikki's website. Watching my sister's psychic and mediumship gifts explode over these last few years has been so much fun for me. She's bringing a great deal of comfort to people in the depths of grief as she communicates with their deceased loved ones. One of her gifts that I think is extremely important is her ability to communicate with people's deceased pets. There are so many people who anguish for weeks, months, over their decisions to put their pets down and to know that they can communicate with their deceased beloved animals will bring a great deal of healing for people and for their pets. Now, as I said in the intro, Nikki offers that in her home practice, but at the center itself on the third Saturday of every month, Nikki offers the intuitive coaching sessions. And what Nikki says is that this is a natural gift for me. It started about 15 years ago, and her mediumship occurred when she went to a funeral of a friend. The church was quiet, and all of a sudden, my de- deceased friend said, Hi, Nikki, it's so nice to see you. And as Nikki says, the rest is history. So she brings a great energy the event, and as I said, she sits right back there with Carl, and it's in kind of the room where it's right to the right, and there's all the food back there, but it's very private and, and very inviting, and so I want to bring to you this conversation. Now, before I get into that, again, Nikki can be reached at nine five two eight eight six zero six three three, 633 and her website is Nikki. And it's spelled, by the way, N-I-K-K-I, bodine.com. So without further ado, let me bring to you this delightful conversation. So, Nikki, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, welcome. Welcome to today's show. I'm so excited to be launching this new broadcast on Edge Talk Radio with the R, R. Palooza. And this is Nikki Bodine that I'm talking to now. And, of course, with your last name, Nikki we all know that you're somehow related to echo so why don't you start by giving the audience an idea of what that relationship is and then we'll go into what you offer as services and what you bring to the RFALUSA.
4: okay well echo is my older sister and um we have gotten closer through the last 10 years because of my gifts finally coming to the surface and so um she wanted me to work at the Orapalooza for many years, and I would say no constantly because it was too much energy for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, it is a lot. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, yeah, and, and so um, at one particular time I had said, yes, if I can be off in a corner somewhere, and that's exactly where I am, and it feels right, and it's comfortable, so... Um, I've finally been there now, I think not even a year, um, and it's enjoyable. There's a lot of people there, a lot of vendors, food, uh, cake, you know, just ACCO puts out a spread for people to have something to eat. I myself personally am, I wouldn't call myself a psychic. I would call myself more of an intuitive life coach. I um kind of help guide people and direct people I can pick up on other people if they have questions Um, I kind of help people decide what to do I don't tell people what to do Um, Mm -hmm. I am also a medium I contact deceased but I do that mainly out of my home
1: and Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. palooza
4: is for me again it's more guidance for people and help
2: for people
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and in that environment, that's about all we can offer because you can't go too deep. Like you couldn't start bringing in people from the other side too easily. You'd be like Wolfie Goldberg with the whole, the whole other side coming down in, in the event. So well, that makes sense.
4: Yes, Carolyn Low can. Now, she, she's a medium. She, she do the, there.
2: Yeah, yeah, does she do the medium work? I know she does a lot of stuff because she's yeah, often she sitting does, right next to me. But,
4: yeah, she does. A lot of medium work there, and she's been there for years, though, so she's probably used to that
1: mm-hmm. energy,
4: and she can do it easier than I can. Um, I can do it, but to get a lot of validation and a half-hour conversation, it's a little hard in there. So,
2: mm-hmm. Well, and you have a really nice setup. I just interviewed Carl, and one of the things we talked about is how the two of you are back there kind of holding court, and then you said – uh, Anna, is that her name?
4: Anna, next to me is the masseuse. Yeah.
2: Okay. And is she always there, or does that change? Mm-hmm. She's always there. Okay, so the three of you are kind of back there, and then the rest of that back room is like the gift shop, the continuation of the gift shop, and then the food. So right, people find you if they're on their way to their food, to the
1: food, right? Yes.
4: <laughs> Although. Uh- Sybil at the front door does have a sheet of paper that mm-hmm. I guess, apparently directs people to who's who and where you can find them.
2: Right, right. Yeah, and yeah. and it's common that people get there early to sign up because we all have our little sign up sheets. And yes, people sign in for slots, so they make yes. sure they get to see the people they want to see.
4: Yeah, you want to do that because we get very very busy, and you also want to get there early because later in the day you, you're so busy, and you start to get drained a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So you do want to come early if you can.
2: I think that's a great, uh, great idea. And often people do often right at can. Yes, there's,
4: they do. They're outside waiting they're, in line. Uh-huh. They're lined up.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So okay. So how many were? In, how many siblings did you have? I know there's Michael, and then Echo, and you. How many other siblings? Uh, we did have you guys- one
4: other brother that's not into this stuff. So he's. He's he's not involved.
2: Okay. And then Michael and and Echo have been at it for quite a while, right?
4: Yes, like 40 years. I've been at it Mm -hmm. for maybe 10.
2: And so what was your experience of kind of coming into your gifts and and having that door open for you then?
4: Well, it was very strange because um, I used to fly, and I flew for 30 years. And so when this gift came on me naturally, I was quite surprised and I'm a Christian and I didn't I didn't know if I should be doing this. So
1: mm-hmm.
4: I had to, to kind of work through that and I would think that took about a year um to work through that that it's okay, that it's a gift from God and that um that he gave it to me. Uh so it was something that I got used to and I just grew accustomed to it. Um so yeah, that's how it started for me, and um, now I'm doing it full time.
2: You know, Nikki, I bet you're a real comfort to a lot of people who are Christian, because I work with a lot of people who, who are Christian, and they're just not quite sure if the meditations and even some of the Akashic record stuff I do, if it's okay. And so I would imagine that it's comforting for people to, to get that glimpse from you that it is a God-given talent and, and that there is a sacredness to it for any of us that brings stuff through like that. You know?
4: Exactly. And a lot of my readings are spiritually based, which means mm-hmm. that I will talk about the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. uh, and God and because that's really where our answers do come from. And a lot of psychics, you know, may not mention that, but that's where their answers come from too. It's that still small voice. And so um yeah, you you have to be comfortable with it, but a lot of christians aren't i I know that, so it's tough mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. so you work out of the Arapalousa now what else what else uh, do you offer like from your home practice? okay,
4: I do hands on healing, energy okay. work, and mm-hmm. I do medium work, and then I do um, my psychic work intuitive work all out of my home
2: okay, and are those often combined or are they no, they're separate. separate categories? So they're yes. all separate categories?
4: Yeah. Healing work, when I do give somebody a healing, I do pick up on their energy as far as what some of their emotional blocks are because mm-hmm. um, if they're having physical problems, it's always connected to some emotion. And mm-hmm. so I do pick up on the emotional issues that's causing some of their pain, and mm-hmm. I do that while I do the, the healing at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: hmm so now, so you're saying that your, your um, gifts kind of came forth. When you say that you flew a lot, what was that capacity? Like a, an airplane, do you mean? Like
4: yeah, I was a, a flight, attendant. Assembly, yep. flight
2: attendant. Flight uh-huh. attendant. 30
4: years, and uh, oh. my gifts did not, I did not use them on the airplane. Um, my gifts started when I went to a funeral and the deceased came up and talked to me.
2: Ooh, I bet that was a surprise, huh?
4: Uh, yeah, it was a, <laughs> a shock. and I <laughs> Everyone was quiet, and um, I just about, I couldn't believe it. It was clear as day. He was standing right next to me, and that's how it all started for me. I had no intention of doing this work. I used to think Echo was crazy, and my brother was crazy, <laughs> and the stories that Echo would tell, I thought she was nuts. And
1: so when this
4: stuff did come upon me very slowly, um I started you know to believe more and more,
1: mhm-,
2: mhm- now, if I remember right, your mother was quite psychic as well, right mm-hmm. yes, she was and so then, what about the poor brother that's not involved in this at all? you
4: know he's very psychic, but he doesn't call it that um yes. but yeah, he's a very psychic um if you have a conversation with him about something um. Ask, he has an answer, but he no, he doesn't call it psychic ability.
2: Oh, that's funny. And then what about your father?
4: Uh, no, he was afraid of it. He didn't like it at all because when we grew up, our house was full of ghosts. Mom used to have seances, and um, the house was full of ghosts, which is my little brother wrote a book, Growing Up Psychic. It's hilarious. It's about all the ghost stories in the house, and... My father did not like it at all, and he ended up leaving, actually. Uh, uh, more reasons than that, but he hated it. Mm-hmm. It would be
2: overwhelming, I would think.
4: It was overwhelming.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, little brother, is that Michael or is that Yeah, the other that's brother? Michael. So, so is Michael younger than you?
4: Yeah, he's three years, and Echo is six years older.
2: Okay, okay. So then is the other brother the oldest?
4: No, he's um, three years older than me.
2: Okay, so it's Echo, and then your other brother, and then you, and then Michael. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I bet that was quite an exciting household to grow up in. And you all grew up in—I sound Texan. You guys grew up in in the Twin Cities, right? In Edina. Mhm.
4: Mhm. Yeah, and my mother was considered a witch um, with the neighborhood because. <laughs> just wow. as the neighborhood kids would come over and i mean the the, the kids would see ghosts and i it, it got out of hand mom had to stop having séances and um so back in those days especially back in those days it it wasn't it was scary it was pretty mm-hmm. scary so
1: mm-hmm.
4: um mm-hmm. if anybody you got to get Michael's book growing up psychic cuz he's he's a comedian too he's funnier than hell and he yeah. um he can turn a ghost story and make you just laugh
2: and, boy, that subject, it, it, it's really needed to combine it with uh, comedic, you know, side notes because then that kind of normalizes it. It makes people more comfortable with it. Yes, it does. It lightens it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I bet your family reunions or something. Well, what about the extended family? Does this go further than just the immediate Bodine family, or is this pretty unique just to – Well, I think
4: uh, my mom's mom was psychic, Um, Mm -hmm. very psychic. I don't know. You know, Michael's kids, they say, you know, they've seen ghosts and stuff, but I don't know. They do not use their psychic abilities in their work. But Mm -hmm. apparently they have some
2: gifts too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would think there would be some lineage. If if for no, no other reason, because it's, so natural. I mean, I think all of us have those gifts, but we just cut them off.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so if you grew up in a family where that wasn't being cut off, I think the individual family members would have a little bit more permission to mm-hmm. kind of see it. Right, so,
4: exactly, when it's mm-hmm. around you all the time, yeah. And and then mom studied it with another lady, and ACLA studied it with another lady, another psychic. They went to classes. And so, yeah, it was there to learn mm-hmm. and um, to understand what's this all about what's that all about when i was young i what's that called Astro projected yeah
1: mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. scared the
4: hell out of me well they, <laughs> they write books on how to astral project and um that's where the soul leaves the body while you're sleeping and you can see everything and you remember everything mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. your soul comes back in your body well that happened growing up quite a lot, which I put an end to. I was very uncomfortable with, only because um, you can have a hard time getting back in your body sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually,
4: I think that's how some people probably die, you know, in their, in their sleep. Or, in their sleep? They just do not make it back? They just didn't make it back, couldn't get back in. And mm-hmm. obviously it was their time, but I noticed when I did that when I was young, I didn't like it because of my breath. I would <laughs> have a hard time breathing.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I had an interesting experience with my godchild. She was probably about 18 months old, and whenever I had her, over i had a nursery for her in my home and and if she wasn't there i I was in san francisco at the time so if she wasn't there then i always had a dead bolt on my bedroom mm-hmm. door because that's what they told you to do you know and so i woke up in the middle of the night one night and i heard her calling Bama, mama mama mm-hmm. and i looked and i saw that the the um door was bolted so i knew that lily wasn't there and what i realized later is that she had you know, left her body, and she didn't know how to get back, Oh, yeah. and so she was calling to me to help her get back in. Wow. Yeah, so that, so I think that really does happen.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot going on in the unseen world. That even says so in the Bible. There's more going on in the unseen world, and you can't explain it all, I tell you.
2: I just, recently we lost our younger brother, and he and I had a lot of talks about this, but... About two months ago, and we had a lot of talks about when he did go to the other side about staying connected. And about two months ago, I wake up, and it was one of those morning dreams, you know, and I see him, and he's just sitting there with his arms crossed, and he said, I'm back, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> ready to
2: talk, you know. Uh-huh. And even in the dream, I said, well, I'm not ready yet. I need a couple more weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? but, um, yeah, there, there, that, there, that veil, that veil, mm-hmm. that veil between the the – Physical and non-physical, I think, is getting thinner and thinner. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, they so, are anyway. right there on the other side, yeah. Boy, aren't
2: they. Well, Nikki, okay, so can you give your website and and your contact information?
4: Yeah, it's so just, just NikkiBodine.com. It's real simple, NikkiBodine.com, and that's N-I-K-K-I. And all the information is on there.
2: Okay, okay. And then if people do want to come out and see you, you are tucked back there in – in that other room, along with Carl and Anna, but you're easy, easy to find when people make it in the door, right. and you, so you offer, do you offer 20-minute sessions, or what is yes, it Yes, I do,
4: 20-minute sessions, uh-huh.
2: Okay, all right, and uh, people can just sign up on the little sign-up sheets that are right, usually right on our tables, right?
4: Right, exactly.
2: Okay, all right. Well, thank you, Nikki, for taking the time to talk with us today and for being part of this. First broadcast of this new series. So yeah, well, thank you. It's been Kathy. a pleasure. Okay. You bet. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, so there you have it. You get a really good feel for these two vendors and for the event itself. And I, again, really encourage you to come out. The next one is on June 15th, and the doors will open at 10. So it's been a real pleasure to launch this, and I look forward to bringing it to you on the first Saturday of every month. And until then, be good to yourself and to those you love. Have a delightful Saturday.